welcome to Cosplaying Cocktails. This is Paige. I'm Jesse as always. As always. Uh, Tell us about your cocktail. Um, so the cocktail I made, I'm calling the Tatooine Sunset. I may have already used that name, but um, here we are. I don't know. Listener, you don't know either. Call Let's it a uh, Naboo. Naboo Lagoon. What about that? Ooh, there you go. There you go. It has nothing to do with Naboo other than, I guess. It didn't it have anything to do with net Tatooine either, right? I just think it looks sunset colored. Oh. So maybe this is the Naboo sunset then. There you go. Throw that in there. Uh, it does have water in it. Naboo is a water-based planet. So, so anyway, I made a cocktail. It's a tea, kind of tiki-ish cocktail. I served it in my Yum Nub mug. My served it to myself in my house alone. Served it to myself. Uh, in my Yum Nub mug, my tiki mug that I got at Galaxy's Edge. And it consists of coconut water rum, uh, which I really enjoy, and uh, peach schnapps, and orange grapefruit seltzer water, and uh, six to eight cherries is what I put in. But, you know, cherries to taste, I would say. You guys know if you're a long-time listener or a short-time listener, if you've listened to more than one episode, you've probably heard me uh make a cocktail use an excess got. of cherries i like those maraschino cherries they're a sweet little treat and they add a nice garnish and they're a nice sweet treat i don't like to put a lot of the syrup in though so if you've got uh coconut water rum or even regular coconut rum or honestly even regular old rum or spiced rum and peach schnapps and seltzer water of really um, any flavor i think it would can play. i throw can i throw an idea out there i like bamboo rum because uh, it has a little Perfect. banana flavor spice. that's spiced rum yeah it's it has a little bit of banana flavor to it so i like i like that like a spiced rum but then i also like to give it like that coconut flavor uh whipped coconut uh that you can buy like cream of coconut and then you just like shake it up in there Real good. Now that's called a pina colada. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, if you didn't have coconut rum, you could add that. Right, but rum and like spiced rum and coconut, like creme de coconut, that's a pina colada that you've just described. Well, you gotta put pineapple in there too. So if you add in peach instead, then it's different. Then it's a peach colada. That's exactly right. Hey, Jesse. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. Uh, you got that segment that isn't really new anymore? So if you had to pick, now this is not your favorite character, but number one favorite actor, the actor that you think did the best job in any star wars property Ooh. what would who would you who would you pick Ooh. Hmm. okay give me a second um like i mean overall in all the star wars properties. like best best performance like best actor who i think deserves like all the awards or like just my favorite uh, i would say best but not necessarily you think deserves awards or whatever, but just who you think has like the best, most consistent 
performance. So it can be somebody that was a one-off character, you know, use your judgment there. But then, mm. like I said, not, not based on the character, not based on who you're attracted to. Um, uh, just who you think put in a good, solid performance. Hmm. I mean, like, everybody... Oh, okay. And this is not my favorite character by far, although I have no issues with this character at all. I like this character. Just not one of my favorites. But if I'm going to ignore just... I'm just going to count out everyone I find attractive in Star Wars. That's why I'm saying it doesn't have to be someone... Because because I don't want to base it on that. And I think right, that's If hard. I'm thinking who I'm most attracted to, it's probably Ewan McGregor or Oscar Isaac. Right, right. Like I'm, yeah, I'm going Ewan McGregor or uh, Adam Driver, which I think they both did amazing performances. Right, I especially uh, I was Ewan McGregor. Well, he did he, such a good job, like uh, really, like studying right, Alec Guinness's, like, Guinness's, he, like of, exactly. he studied he like Alec Guinness's few... like performance as Obi Wan, right. like, and you could tell. Agreed. Completely agreed. He was one of the few characters in the prequels that had, you know, uh, a character in the original series to live up to. Hayden Christensen did to a lesser extent, but, mm-hmm. you know, Darth it's completely Vader, different, though. Completely right, different. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Darth Vader is more man than machine. That's the direct Obi Wan right, right. from the original trilogy. And so, like, like I said, like, you know, Ewan McGregor uh, and then, you know, like Adam Driver, those would be who I would go to, but I'm going to try to ignore that. So, um, so if I'm going to go off of, oh, before we go any further, I'm going to mention my other Star Wars boyfriend who didn't get thrown into the mix and that's Harrison Ford, but I'm not going to mention him either in this actual like answer. Um, I'm going to say... Oh, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to say either Daisy Ridley or Oscar Isaac. Uh, I just think that Daisy Ridley and uh, Oscar Isaac did a good job of uh, really like uh, encompassing like the characters that we were used to from the prequels and the original films. Like they just had a good mixture of the serious like parts of them and also the campy fun parts um and i felt like they brought all the right energy to those characters so that's my answer but i love you kylo ren and uh han solo and obi-wan kenobi well yeah. that's the thing, like i said it's not about favorite um favorite i tried character. to specifically not go with attractive Right, I honestly Man, think, in my I opinion, think, even though I thought that uh, Adam Driver and Ewan McGregor also gave amazing performances, like I think Adam Driver is a really good actor. Yeah, but I have no, I have no qualms with. I'm trying, I'm trying to look beyond my box there. Uh, what about you? I honestly think I've been thinking about this. A fair amount the past couple days and Carrie Fisher's always going to be up there for me just because I love Carrie Fisher uh I think Ian Ian McDermott 
I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but that played Emperor Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And a large reason, is a large reason for that, as I was thinking, you know, in the original trilogy, he played like this old, disfigured, you know, the emperor. Mm-hmm. Heavy prosthetics and deep grooves. But then he actually, when he was older in the prequels, p- played a younger character. And I think he did a really excellent job. Like, I think that shows a lot of range uh, to go from, you know, playing like old, crusty emperor to new crusty emperor. well less crusty (laughs) you know what i mean like he's not yes so that's one of them and like i said carrie fisher is always going to be at the top of any list i also think mark hamill i think is an excellent actor i think he's an excellent joker in the newer animated batman uh projects i guess for lack of a better word but uh yeah I mean, like, the thing is, regardless of how you feel about the prequels or the sequels in Star Wars, there's solid acting, I would say, throughout. Right. So, um, anyway, that's probably my uh, top favorite. Um, so, on today's episode, you guys, we have an amazing interview with a very awesome gentleman that we met via um comic palooza in houston uh and he is part of a group of star wars costumers called the imperial outlanders and we're gonna let him tell you all about it uh so welcome brad um brad we kind of we didn't get to meet you at comic palooza uh but that's where we um kind of cross paths with you in yeah. a way um we went to a panel of yours um about the imperial outlanders and then we touch base on social media and have been so excited to actually get to talk to you on the podcast so why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, a little bit about how you started out in costuming and how you got started in the imperial outlanders yeah well first of all thank you for having me and i think more probably for me um, at the time, thank you so much for coming to the panel. You know, that was the first one that I know I've ever hosted. And so it was nice to, to actually see some, some smiling faces show up to that. So thank you both ladies for doing that for me. Um, a little bit about me. I'm a brand new cosplayer. I guess I, amateur would probably be the best word for it, but I've been kind of doing that since the onset of COVID. I'm trying to think back and think May is probably, May 2020 is probably when I got serious about it. Uh, My birthday, uh, believe it or not, is May 4th. So I've got the Star Wars. Oh, very cool. (laughs) And it was uh, was exciting for me. And I thought I came up with that May the 4th be with you. We said that for years until it got popular. (laughs) Real cool. So yeah, I think and Mandalorian had had premiered a few months prior to that in 2020, and so was was really um, really kind of excited about that. And for a long time, um, I have looked at you know the legions like the 501st, like the Rebel Legion, and just some of the costume requirements. In the last couple of years, since having kids, 
um, I can just think, I don't know why I think about it, but uh, being stuck at home with a sick baby, just as they're sleeping on you, looking through the forums and, and at the different CRLs, the, the costume reference libraries and seeing what's all required to become part of those and really just kind of hitting a roadblock and uh, financially speaking, a lot of those, a lot of those uh, clubs, the members go outsource a lot of the a lot of the pieces to their costumes is what I found. And there was a lot of great builders and manufacturers that would um, build, you know, stormtrooper helmets, Mandalorian helmets. And it was, it wasn't until 2020, just sort of being on lockdown, being stuck at the house that I came across uh, some thread um, just doing a little bit of research. And I saw how somebody had, had built a Mandalorian helmet out of um I think I touched on this a little bit with you guys in the panel, but a built a helmet out of a Home Depot, like a Homer painter's bucket right. and a construction helmet. And in essence, what they did was they took the construction helmet, they cut the, cut the visor off, ripped out the guts, and then using some templates found on online, uh, wrapped the bu Homer bucket around the the dome of the construction helmet and from there you could already kind of kind of see what it could be um and then obviously cutting out the space for the visor when about a month or so later i guess i had a mandalorian helmet or was <laughs> had something that i i was proud of enough to call a, a mandalorian helmet didn't quite meet the meet the specs for the mercs i looked at that a little bit and i ended up going after building my helmet getting inspired to, to try and do the whole thing because that's what you do, right? So uh, <laughs> looked into how to do the plates, again, referencing a lot of the CRLs that they had online, um, not knowing how to sew. I've heard you guys talk a little bit on the podcast about different different methods there. And I got real familiar with heat and bond, I think is what it is. And E6000, yeah. I've gone through so many tubes of that stuff. It's unreal, but um, <laughs> made a flak vest out of some of my wife's old drapes um and then just kind of raided the it felt like raiding the trash bin to be honest about what I could salvage for a long time the gaunt my gauntlets are or still currently are because we had so many some of the empty Lysol containers I cut up and and um made those into gauntlets um went through the whole process and then I, I applied for membership with the Mercs because you know from from the outside looking in that to me felt like that was the only sort of path in Star Wars costuming if it wasn't the Mercs. Well when you don't know you know yeah. we didn't you know until we came to your panel we didn't know that the Imperial Outlanders existed because we had never heard of it before so you right. know you just go with what is like mainstream or what you've heard of right uh so exactly. it's exciting that there are other options uh, other than the more mainstream, bigger, uh, more financial uh, investment type things. And, and don't misunderstand me. Those are some good people. I have a lot of good friends. We have a lot of members in uh, Imperial Outlanders that are 501st that come over and I guess they want to sort of inspire or be part of part of a group that's sort of all accepting of, of everyone no matter if it's store-bought or 
you know, trash made like mine, but um, <laughs> there's a lot of good people in those organizations. But like you said, that was all I knew. I look at them, I sent off for my um, approval and they told me, you know, hey, I'll, you're going to get some feedback. And I just wasn't, I don't think I was prepared for uh, how, how that would make you feel. Uh, just, and I'm sure, I know you both can relate. Um, the amount of work that you put into something like that. And it's supposed to be fun, but I can remember um, they're very specific and I, forgive me. I'm not real sure if you guys have ever really looked at the process or even if you're, if you are, or you aren't members of the 501st or, or Mandalorian Mercs, but. We've, we both have used Rebel Legion stuff uh -huh. before, but we've never, I don't think either of us really has much interest in applying for membership for the exact reasons you said okay. <laughs> um, right right like yeah we both we both use them for references and stuff but honestly yeah. like we just where we are uh there aren't a lot of uh things going on um because we are more rural and uh so there's just not the opportunities that and and like you said like you don't want to put all your work into something and then then be like well not good enough sorry about you right. like yeah. <laughs> you're you're so like we always have the idea if we're happy with it like then it's perfect so yeah. i at least i don't want to speak for Paige, but i personally don't have and sometimes on my padme we just did Paige and i uh just did padme's for it looked awesome i saw pictures oh, thank it you so great. much thanks yeah. uh but there were like choices where i intentionally didn't go with what was movie accurate because i thought it was ugly mm -hmm. so <laughs> if there's a small change and i think it looks better to me then e e even if it's not easier or it's not cheaper i would rather do that and again if it looks just as good to me and it's 50 60 dollars cheaper i'm gonna go with what's 50 like you yeah. know we were raised in the country we're not trying to uh, <laughs> so yeah raised we're actually, in the country it that's took me when we went to your panel at comic palooza that's one thing i said i was like okay this guy's got a pretty similar cosplay style to me i we actually have an episode called find it in a dumpster about really i've all made about it like upcy <laughs> up upcycling it's an early one I've it's been, all I've about been, like i've been upcycling. going backwards but i haven't caught up to that yet yeah that's a pretty yeah. early one that's a pretty okay. early one yeah because yeah. i've used any anything that's for free that I can make work. <laughs> I'm going to try that first. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, we. And but that's, that's part of the fun. That's part of the challenge. You know, like, right. you know, yeah. There's something to be said for you know crafting this amazing garment out of the finest materials. Like, that's awesome too. Like, it's all cool in its own different ways. Like, and we like all the different ways there are. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and yeah. especially when you are just learning, you know do you want to spend $70 on materials and then it doesn't work and then you're throwing $70 in the garbage can so that much especially for a first attempt at something I'd rather like if there is something I use a lot of lids of weird juices or milks or <laughs> you know that was my Thor medallions when I did Thor they were uh, McDonald's Happy Meal milk lids yeah that yep. I painted. so anything like that we are all for we're all on board with and <laughs> a lot of people cosplay is so intimidating right. because it can be an incredibly expensive we looked up for another early episode what the most expensive cosplay uh known i guess the most known 
most expensive cosplay and it's $50,000. Wow. So, you know, I don't know a single person who could afford $50,000 for a cosplay. For one, for one cosplay. And, and even a, not yeah. the most expensive, you know, we, I know a guy who is Darth Vader in the 501st and he told me just recently he's spent over the course of his costume uh, working on over several years over fifteen thousand dollars on that costume oh my gosh so i haven't heard it that high yeah that is more than my car is worth. it's like that's, with like upgrades be... and stuff yeah. yeah yeah he just recently got i think it's a silk satin cape it's like a full real silk cape was as i think the newest one so that was you know several hundred dollars just for the cape so more than most people spend on a cosplay Right. Which it looks amazing. And if you have the money to do it and the resources to do it, I'm all for that. But again, I don't know many people that could do that. So yeah, I, I got my, I got the, the results back in. I just remember taking the approval pictures and getting really frustrated with making sure the spacing in between the armor plates was just right. And it got to the point where it wasn't fun. I was kind of snipping at my wife and I, it was just kind of embarrassing. And, and I knew after that, it was just like, okay, this is, this is truly sucking the fun out of the whole thing. Um, and that's kind of where I found the outlanders. Uh, I think it was a friend of a friend may, maybe have been part of the group. Uh, I was on Facebook looking at it and, learned of uh alia holland are either of you familiar with her she's on youtube she's mm, not until yeah. your panel okay i have seen a couple of uh her videos before um one or two but i had not heard anything about the outlanders though okay well she she's really very down to earth and does a lot of really cool uh builds she built a a K2SO out of foam. I think she was maybe, maybe still would have been a teenager at the time that she did it. I was just kind of blown away, but there were some videos on there where she had kind of talked about her experiences and frustrations with, with some of the bigger clubs. And, um, you know, at the time it really kind of sent home. And honestly, looking back now, uh, I think what what's interesting to me in in this hobby um, is the is the group cosplays. I like the team aspect of it. And when I was looking back at the Mercs or the Legion, um, it was that the idea of being part of something bigger to go out and do these different charity events. That was what kind of appealed to me. And so I knew it wasn't something I wanted to do by myself or on my own, just sort of bumming around a convention by myself. Um, but I wanted to be part of a team and that was a way to do it. Um, and I got involved, um, found out that they did have a Texas squad, but they weren't really active. I think it was, a, had been a year or so since they had really done anything. Of course, we were in the, the heart of the pandemic too. Um, but reaching out to the, the leadership there, sort of found out that some some people had moved on that the the club was sort of um disbanding in texas and so six months after being just a regular forum member um alia came to me and had had asked about uh getting on board with the on board the social media side of things i don't really do social media so i had to learn pretty quick of how to work instagram and and uh get it 
start to recruit people. Um, we built a group from from 10 to 44 in uh, six months, which I was pretty impressed with. Um, and that was just through networking on Instagram, getting our name out there. There's a lot of people like, like me, maybe like y'all, um, and as far as what they're looking for, what they're willing to do to, to make it fun for them and, and also want to be a part of something bigger or some, a, a, a team. Um, and, and then designed, I was, we were part of designing the new logo for the club. And then, uh, I had heard about comic Palooza happening again in 2020. wasn't, wasn't expecting it, but it was an opportunity, um, for us to sort of get out there and get our name out there in the world. Uh, we were lucky that they allowed us to, to partake in that event. Um, they took really good care of us as far as the location my booth overlooked the mando stage so when they did the panel we were just right there overlooking the thing and everybody that uh, would be funneling into the the panel in the afternoon every one of them stopped by the booth so it was good good uh exposure on that on that note um but yeah a lot of fun <laughs> so that's kind of it in a in a nutshell i guess so can you kind of describe to us, I, you've kind of touched on it already, but the differences um, between like the Imperial Outlanders and, and the Mercs and the uh, 501st, just kind of the, yeah. what you guys are about and what the differences are between the more, more well-known uh, groups. Yeah. So um, as, as far as the Imperial Outlanders go, um, you know, they were formed in, in 2015 uh, with the idea that, you know, we want to start something. We want to have a Star Wars costuming club for everybody. No, no requirements, no restrictions. Um, the bear clubs obviously have age restrictions. Um, granted, some events won't allow under a certain age to partake, but um, we want to be uh, uh, all encompassing. We want to invite everybody in, right? And um, as far as some of the bigger legions go, I'm not part of the mercs like as i've been saying but i can just say from from experience in reviewing the crls um and and being familiar with with the legions uh costume reference library there's there's certain requirements um as far as like i mentioned the armor plating uh with the mercs uh, to be to be screen accurate they go off of what in the movie it appeared to be where they'll blow up the frame they'll take measurements and you know, general rule of thumb is a thumb in between each one of the uh, plates as you're, as you're looking at it. And I'm talking about like Boba Fett's chest armor um, in this instance, but um, I can remember trying to gear up and get ready for the approval pictures and, you know, the Velcro wasn't seated just right, or um, maybe a plate was, was hovering on one end and it didn't adhere properly, or maybe it was cockeyed or, or crooked on the on the on the vest itself and taking a few photos and throwing them up on on the facebook group um people would would point that stuff out and so i just remember hyper focusing on um that that nature of it and you know i'm i'm focusing on that part and what i'm and how i'm uh, uh discussing this with y'all but that's sort of what they're looking for right they're looking for screen accuracy um and there's a lot of good things that that come with that those those costumes look fantastic they get a lot of recognition for what they do 
there's a lot of excellent builders out there, but for people like me, um, you know, if, if that's what that, if that was the only way, um, no pun intended for the Mando fans out there, but if that was the only way I would <laughs> never, I would never be doing what it is I'm doing today just because I would never get it finished. Some of those guys, you mentioned your friend, but I'm sure there's been some upgrades or quite a few. I've known people in the forums that have never submitted application photos and you would think that their kit, they, they'd be a, a spokesperson for the club, right? Just as how, how great it looks, but they're constantly working on and tweaking and working on and tweaking and trying to make this right. They'll never go for their submission photos, meaning they'll never go out and troop with, with the group, right? And that's a part of it that really kind of just turns me off of the whole deal. Um, that's not something I'm looking for. I want to be able to, to get better with the team, be part of the team, and then um, continue to get better in the craft. Uh, and that's, as a squad leader now, that's kind of the message I send home to everybody else. You know, we, I, I was talking to one this afternoon, as a matter of fact, he told me he collects the Black Series helmets and store-bought costumes. And for us, um, going out in an event, we just want, we want the camaraderie. We, we want the, um, you know, the passion for the franchise. Um, and that just, that gets everybody excited. Mm -hmm. I can say Honestly, you know, the Darth Vader, that build came together so quickly for me, but for a long time, I avoided it because I heard forever that that was an impossible build for people to accomplish within the 501st. And maybe to, to make it screen accurate, that can be very difficult just because it's so expensive. But I, I feel very confident in that I when I got it on and I got out in front of our booth and the amount of people that wanted photographs, I, I cranked up the, the respirator on it and, and the breathing was just so loud. It was, it was like people flocked to it. And I don't know if, I don't know if honestly, unless you were a, a builder yourself or, or maker, you could tell the difference between that silk uh, or satin cape that you mentioned and my bed sheet. <laughs> um, probably not probably not you know and <laughs> and that's just what I that's what appeals to me I just want to have fun doing it and and uh what a great feeling to be Darth Vader and have a grown man come up to you and say can you just please pretend you're choking me I just <laughs> <laughs> like you said like there is a place for the 501st and the you know rebel legion and the screen accurate cosplays like those are amazing they're, they blow yeah but right. like yeah absolutely we love that but also well, they, like the cosplay for, they, i was just gonna say they do a ton of charity work as well right right yeah exactly but like for us we would never want to diminish like baby cosplayers or people that have been cosplaying for years and just don't have the artistic capabilities or whatever it is financial like um means like don't discourage people from cosplaying like if it brings them joy and they're geeking out and having a blast like don't discourage them from joining in and well, being a in, part of something in fairness i don't know that they are no 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 no. Like, i mean i'm just saying like that's what we love about cosplay i'm not right. saying like I, like i said there's a place for the 501st and the rebel legion and those things absolutely we love that 
Well, but, it's great to have a group that's out there while you're working. Maybe one day that is your goal to join. Right. The like, join the yeah, it's all about like making progress and getting better at what you're doing. Like right. we've improved even just over the past year, like oh, at different yeah. things. So, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and we've both been cosplaying for several years. Like, so, um, so can you go into detail to how one would join the Imperial Outlanders? Yes. So <laughs> if, uh, if, if you're on Facebook, you could search Imperial Outlanders and find the, the group page. Uh, if you ask to join, there are probably three questions that they want you to answer or else we're not supposed to approve you. Um, again, I wasn't big on social media, evidently bots and, uh, bad people like to try and get into groups. So yeah, we're not supposed to make sure you answer the questions. Um, but if not, if you're not on Facebook, uh, we have a website and that's imperialoutlanders.com. That's Alea's website she put together back in 2015. Um, and if you go there, there's one of the big questions I always get, and that's because people are just so familiar with the Legion and that's, well, what are the requirements? And I get to tell them we have none. All that is uh, line out there the only requirement is you you have to love star wars and obviously there's no hate harassment um we build each other up um i've i've gotten to meet those those other that other side of it the dark side as i'm sure you guys have <laughs> are, uh, not so uh uh uplifting and that's not fun that's not cool and that's not what we're about um but yeah there's there's pictures of a lot of the members on there um a, a way to to have your own uh if you guys know one thing we did adopt from 501st because it was so cool was the membership cards they have what they hand out are like baseball cards and uh it's their character maybe a little bit about them um so we we adopted that and we have a, a template that members could go on and create their own card if they wanted i have a friend in puerto rico he actually came up uh he's 501st but he's also a squad leader for imperial enters puerto rico and came up to comic palooza just to see us and he comes up with these these goodie bags for us he had made up cards of my marshall cobb vanth that i have and um it was it was just really cool but that's something we can do for for anybody that want to be a member no matter no matter what your costume looks like uh, it's just a lot of fun to have something tangible like that um what else? But the website's a good way to go if you're not on socials. We have Instagram. Um, I get requests pretty regularly on there, just inquiring on what the requirements are. And again, there there are none. Uh, we just want to see um, we want to see you join somewhere. If it's Facebook or the website or Instagram, uh, just anywhere. But ImperialOutlanders.com or uh, ImperialOutlanders in the Facebook groups. Also the same for for Instagram. So are there a certain amount, uh, you might have said this and I might have completely missed it, but are there a certain amount of like events that you have to attend to uh, be considered an active member or anything like that? No, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, so that was another thing that the, the larger groups, I, I've seen some incredible um, costumes created of people that were members of the Legion or the Mercs but they just couldn't keep up with that uh, required troop, um, troop, the amount of trooping that they require 
per mm-hmm. quarter or per month or what have you. And I know a lot of those those places put it on on the back burner with COVID, but there were those requirements that unfortunately fo- forced a lot of people from those groups. And no, um, we don't have any requirements as far as uh, how many events you're going to troop a year. I don't think I would be part of anything if that were the case. Uh, <laughs> as kid, a parent, for sure. <laughs> as a parent, as a husband, probably more. I, mm-hmm. I just think running away to play dress up would cause a pretty big problem if it was done monthly or, or, or weekly. But, um, you know, I'm very lucky that I, I have the support there from her. She knows how important it is for me and how fun to have a, a new hobby. I, uh, having said that, one of the things that um, I know y'all mentioned earlier was the amount of volunteer work that they do and the work they do, the, the 501st for the charities. We do, we do do that too. Uh, in fact, the, the UK division, um, up until COVID again, they've just recently started doing this again, but they do a lot of hospital work. I put off, um, I'm currently talking to Texas Children's to try and get um, our squad involved in something here locally in the in the greater Houston area, um, because I know that's the case for a lot of people, myself included. That was one of the big takeaways was, wow, I can be Darth Vader and make make a, ch- a kid's day, you know, maybe even a kid that's not having a very good day or uh, a good year. Um, so that's, that's really, uh, something to look forward to for us. They've put a freeze on a lot of that. I know even for the, the legions, they, they kind of have a freeze in place for, um, every, those sorts of events that they can do. But, um, when those pick up off again, that's something we want to get more involved in. And if that's something that any of your listeners or, or y'all, uh, are interested in, but, you know, aren't willing to commit the money or the time or the resources or have, or have to compromise your, 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 your purse, a lot of your personal time or all of it to make those trooper requirements where we're the home for you. At least I think we are. Yeah, we definitely awesome. have some, uh, Texas listeners. Good. Uh, we know that for a fact I'm talking yep. <laughs> Sheila, we're looking at you. Well, I wasn't going to call her out by name, but <laughs> Sheila, I'm Snoke underscore Show on Instagram. Holler at me, <laughs> Brad. Before we go, can you please tell everybody, give them one last overview of how they can reach you, how they can um, learn more about the Imperial Outlanders, and how they can join social media plugs, all that good stuff. Yeah, so for the Outlanders first, anybody that needs any kind of information whatsoever, uh, www.imperialoutlanders.com. You can find us there on Facebook, uh, Imperial Outlanders, on Instagram, uh, even on YouTube, Aaliyah Holland, she goes by Ace Cosplay. She's our our commanding officer, our CO. Um, She's from England and does a lot of really good cool cosplays, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, but check her out. Uh, if you don't already follow her and she'll talk to you directly too if you have questions about imperial outlanders that you can't get from me or whoever else but if you want to reach me i'm on facebook uh brad volmer i think is what i'm under and uh um what probably would be easiest to find me on is instagram at snoke underscore show snoke show um that's where that's where i'm at um that's a little bit of what I do as, as far as cosplay. Again, I'm an amateur, just getting into it. If there's any of you like me out there that's listening, um, 
you know, you can do this too. It's, it's not, it's not just for a single group of people. If you don't think you're creative or don't think you know where to start, um, believe you me, there, if there's a will, there's a way, and it could be you standing up there on a stage at a panel at Comic Palooza next year by yourself with me or whatever, but um, <laughs> check me out, check me out at, at Snook underscore show. Any questions you have about the Outlanders, or if you just want a friend, want to follow some dope that builds Star Wars stuff out of cardboard or trash cans, <laughs> holler at me there. But thank you both for, for having me and giving me an opportunity to, to plug myself and the club and uh, what an honor to, to talk to you, to you guys. Aww. Oh, thank you so much for being on, Brad. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening in today. We hope that you really enjoyed learning all about the Imperial Outlanders with Brad. Um, we really enjoyed getting to go to his panel at Comic Palooza and learning all about uh, what the we had obviously had no idea what the Imperial Outlanders were, um, that they existed, anything like that. And so it was very exciting to get to learn all about that and then um, also make a costuming friend through that experience. So we're so glad that he uh, was excited to chat with us on the podcast. Um, yeah, and like I said, assuming that this didn't get, get cut out by Paige, I really do think that the Imperial Outlanders have a similar mission statement i guess we're kind of style vibe regarding cosplay as we do that it should be for everyone and it should be as inclusive as possible and that the more good cool people that we can get in the community regardless of their skill level regardless of their income level or their you know amount of disposable income to spend on cosplaying that that's um you know a good thing and we want to get the most like you know we want to get the maximum number of good cool people in the community that we can so absolutely um, um yeah so if you want to follow along with us um and you know be part of our cool community you can do that on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Cosplay and Cocktails Pod. We're also over on Twitter at Cosplay Pod. Um, and yeah, you can just follow along with us. You can send us stuff, uh, all the normal social media things, or you can send us a lot more stuff over on the email because that's where Jesse lives. Uh, yeah. You can send to our email weird fish pictures. Again, I'm not complaining. I'm just pointing out. But it's been a while since I've got a weird fish pic. Or, you know, just send me weird pics. I'm looking for, I don't want like gross pics, but just, you know, interesting images that I would like to have inside my brain. Send me those, please. What else could they send you? Um, if you want to do something that has, you know, something to do with a podcast, you could send corrections, which yep. we always want to make sure, like I said, we don't want to say anything that's hurting anyone's uh, emotions. Uh, if we're making you have emotions, please let us know. 
so we can stop that uh, i don't want to make you have emotions oh. Jesus. <laughs> you can send us interesting plants and mushrooms you can send us uh any kind of science-based facts or articles or pictures i'm into that type of deal uh cocktail recipes mocktail recipes again i've been trying to develop um some mocktail recipes that could also be cocktail recipes for future episodes uh just to be as inclusive as possible but have uh, you got a good one for either category uh or for the both categories send it our way um cosplays that you'd like us to feature um cosplay challenges for us again uh we're planning on going to c2e2 coming up so that should be an irl costume for us but uh you know the world is a really uncertain thing right now as you guys know uh we don't know how many conventions we'll be able to get to in the coming months so uh if there's a and even if we do get to go to you know conventions we still need cosplay ideas so yeah we need cosplay ideas and just episode ideas guys we want this to be something you love listening to so if you're like hey this is what i want to hear you guys talk about let us know we yeah, need we'll them we need those much. ideas uh yeah we love to have them we again this we enjoy doing the podcast it's you know something for us to do for our friendship and for fun times but also we know there are people listening so if you were one of those people listening which if you're hearing this right now presumably you are uh let us know what you want to hear if you want us to cover a specific convention or a specific topic we will do our best we're trying real hard out here so uh it may not seem like that but i assure you we're trying real hard so <laughs> hey where can they send that to one eight hundred nope. nope hotline bling. Oh boy. Um our email is cosplayingcocktailspod at gmail.com. That's gmail.com. Um okay, are we done? I think we were probably done 23 minutes ago. So probably that's a fair that's a fair estimate. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Does that sound jazzy? Sounds like Fiddler on the Roof. Quit saying it sounds like Fiddler on the Roof.